May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. So today is the fifth Sunday in Lent, if you are keeping track. Next week is Palm Sunday, and we will begin Holy Week. But for today, Jesus has stopped in Bethany on the outskirts of Jerusalem. He stopped in to see his old friends, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And just days before, Jesus had received a message from the sisters saying, Lord, the one who you love is ill. And he came to them, knowing it was too late, but he came anyway. And he wept. And then in a loud voice, he ordered Lazarus to come out of the tomb, and out he came. And by raising Lazarus from the dead, Jesus graduated from being simply a manageable nuisance to someone who was a serious threat to those in positions of power and authority. His days were numbered, and he knew it. So he went home to his friends for companionship, for a meal, for their love, and for their friendship. They welcomed him in, they cared for him, because that's what friends do. A version of this story appears in all four Gospels. In Matthew and Mark, it's an unnamed woman who anoints Jesus' head with expensive perfume. Luke tells of a sinful woman who weeps at Jesus' feet and then pours perfume on his feet along with her tears. Only in John's version does the woman have a name. She's not a stranger or a sinner, but his longtime friend, Mary, sister of Martha and Lazarus. During dinner, Mary kneels down on the floor breaks open a jar of spikenard, an expensive scented oil, without counting the cost. And she pours it all out and wipes his feet with her hair. The house is filled with the rich scent of the oil. And I will confess that whenever I hear this story, that there's a moment when I think, really? the seemingly over-the-top gesture. And I wonder, for a moment, if Judas has a point. Perhaps the money should be spent on the poor. And Jesus replies that Judas should just leave her alone. She bought it for the day of his burial. The poor are always with you, but that he will not always be with them. And I realize What I am most uncomfortable with is the sheer extravagance of the gesture. It wasn't a sensible thing to do. It won't make any difference. It will change absolutely nothing. It was useless. It was extravagant, generous, gift of love. And it makes me cringe every time I hear the story. And I know that. And I know that 
I have missed the point. Because Jesus clearly cherishes Mary's gift. This moment of intimacy and caring, the rich smell of the scented oil lingering in the air, a moment to be remembered and treasured, an expression of abundance and lavish, lavish generosity, a display of love and beauty. And maybe that's it. And maybe that is the point. It wasn't that Jesus suddenly stopped caring about the poor. Jesus tells Judas, the poor are always with you. And he's referencing Deuteronomy, which says, there will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed. Our care for the poor never ceases. But that moment in time, this moment in time, is fleeting. And it's oh so precious. And I think that Jesus valued Mary's extravagant and loving but useless gift because it was exactly that. A beautiful, loving, but essentially useless gesture. A gesture that comforted and gave respite to a man who knows he will never see his friends again. As one writer put it, even as death looms, Mary chooses to share what is heartbreakingly fragile and fleeting, a fragrance, a sensory gift, an experience of beauty. In anointing Jesus, she is declaring that the stench of death will not have the last word in our lives, that the last word will belong to the sweet and sacred fragrance of love. And as I wrote down those words, I thought of the times when the so-called useless gesture is what inspires us, giving us courage and strength in the face of hardship, pain, sorrow. The cellist who played the heartbreakingly beautiful Adagio and G, playing it in the ruined buildings in the midst of the siege of Sarajevo. And we will hear that same piece of music played here next week, a fitting beginning for Holy Week. And in the first year of COVID, when the virus was ravaging the world and we were in lockdown and schools were closed, businesses were shut down, our lives placed on hold. Virtually overnight, we all became Zoom experts. Death toll was staggering. We saw images of medical staff overwhelmed and exhausted on our nightly news. But we would also see images of people cheering and clapping from their windows and their balconies in cities around the country, cheering for the medical personnel at their changes of shift. Musicians played on their balconies and choirs recorded beautiful music using Zoom. And dancers would dance on their rooftops or patios and in the streets. And even now in Ukraine, there's music in the bomb shelters and the symphonic orchestra still plays. All useless gestures that changed nothing. The bombs continued to fall in Sarajevo. The virus continued to wreak havoc. There's still war in Ukraine. And yet, and yet, these useless gestures are what gives comfort 
and gave comfort and strength to the medical staff to go on, to go on another day fighting to save lives, and the courage it took each and every time for them to just be present when life ended. The music and the dancers lifted our spirits, giving us the gift of hope and beauty, while each of us struggled in our own way. The cellist in Sarajevo continued to play even as he was threatened by snipers. His bravery and inspiration to his fellow citizens who were just trying to survive. His useless gesture helped a city beaten down by hunger and fear to hold on and live for another day as they waited for peace to come. These useless gestures, these small moments of beauty and grace are what sustains us when all is going wrong in our lives or in our world. All of us have those moments of despair or pain when we too need comfort and hope. And what helps us are those moments of grace and of joy, the useless gesture offered in love, a smile, a hug, a phone call. That is what we remember. That is what we hold on to. It's not the practical or logical acts, as helpful as they might be. It's the useless gestures that lift our spirits and give us hope and they give us comfort. And that is what we see between Mary and Jesus, an offering of love, an offering that I believe sustained Jesus as he faces the pain and suffering of death on a cross. But before that happens, Jesus will gather his disciples together one last time in another room at another table, tying a towel around his waist and washing his disciples' feet. And he gives a new commandment to love one another as I have loved you. Some of the disciples will argue with Jesus. Others are just not quite sure what's going on. And a few, a few will watch Jesus washing their feet and they will remember. They will remember another dinner and another table. And Mary, Mary bending over and washing Jesus' feet with the fragrant oils as she lived out his last commandment to love one another as we are so loved. The time is short. Holy Week with all its pain and sorrow is almost on us. But for this moment, this precious moment, we still have Jesus with us. And we have this moment in time. How will we choose to spend it? Will we choose to be practical and logical, holding on to our dignity at all costs? Or will we throw caution to the winds and live into the moment, breaking open that precious jar that we've been hanging on to at all costs and let it spill out everywhere, all for the sake of love.